Welcome to the Sexy Selfish Podcast Series. I'm your host, Shona Gates. I'm a women's life coach, success strategist, and a self-proclaimed badass. And I'm here to help you rediscover your authentic self, stop delaying your happiness, and step into your truth. This podcast has been created to connect, inspire, and nurture mums who want more. Are you ready? guys let's record a podcast i'm getting shit done today i'm ticking so much off my to-do list and it feels amazing so i just want to keep going in this really productive creative energy and record some podcasts while i have a chance so let's talk about responsibility and vulnerability i published a facebook post about this and then that kind of turned into a blog which is now going to be posted on some third party sites and now i'm like fuck it because we all know we learn in different ways some of us read some of us listen some of us watch i'm going to make sure i do the podcast version of this as well so i want to talk today about responsibility and vulnerability right and it was this big moment of realizing for me probably six seven months ago of like oh my god you've been the good girl for so long you've been the responsible one for so long And yes, it's gotten you somewhere in life, but it also has made sure that you have not had much fun. You really haven't. You have all these morals and these rules and these boundaries in place that stop you from straying too far from the path. But really what it did was stop me from actually having fun and living my life. And so now as my kids are approaching their teenage years, one of the most important things I want to instill in them is like, school is not the most important thing in your world. Getting into university is not the most important thing in your world. Go have fun, have parties, fuck up, make mistakes, go on adventures, do wild shit and enjoy it. Get it out of your system. Just go and have adventures. Go and live your life. Go and have fun. You can always be responsible later. And I think that's for me as well, becoming a mum at, well, I was pregnant at 19. I really went from being a student and a very good girl um, for my parents (laughs) to instantly being a mother. So there's not been a break in responsibility. There's been a couple of a couple of wild years when my husband and I ran a little bit of muck, got into some trouble, but it was like maybe 18 months worth of trouble between turning 18 and then getting knocked up. So it's, it's a very different, very different dynamic, right? And I was, I don't think at the time I didn't feel like a teen mum, but looking back, I was definitely a teen mum. I didn't even, I didn't even know who I was. And so the fact I was a good mum, it's not like I was out partying on weekends and stuff and there's nothing wrong with that, but I was a very present mum. I did all the play groups and all the swimming lessons, but at the end of the day, Eric and I still grew up together. He grew up as I was still growing up with him. So there's a special bond that we'll always have. But anyway... I want to talk about responsibility and vulnerability because I have always, always been the responsible one, the party pooper. If anyone's listening to this and went to school with me, they will know this. I'm kind of, I never wanted to get in trouble. I always did what the teachers said. I didn't like bending the rules. I always wanted to be good in everyone's eyes, but I've always been the responsible one. I've always been the empathetic one. Um, I've always been the one that gets on with the work. You know, I never had any problems finishing work in school because I was always just I wanted to get on with it and I'd be the type of person that in the group project would just say never mind I'll just do it all because I just couldn't stand a lazy people right 
I would be the one that organizes the group, often that takes over the group because I was always, you know, being the smart girl at school, you're always partnered with the dumb boys. Well, that's kind of how I saw it. And looking back, it's not that they were dumb boys. It's that they had, you know, they weren't particularly interested in the water system of our local catchment area. So they weren't going to devote time and energy to learning about it. It's not necessarily that they were dumb. It's just they were smart in different areas that didn't exist maybe within the schoolroom. But I was always the one, being the smart, responsible girl. You always got paired with the people that were not like that. And it really sucked because I look back at my teachers and I used to feel like I was almost punished for it. Like there was no perk to being responsible. The perk was sometimes you got to do things a little bit differently. You got to be on student committees. You got to escape class a little bit more. But you also got the responsibility of having to deal with the other kids who maybe didn't pay as much attention to you, you know, staying and helping someone and, and taking the new kid around, all that type of stuff. I feel like there wasn't many perks to being responsibility. There was just more responsibility, right? And I was proud of that for a long time. I was. I was like, I'm responsible and I take care of things and I'm a leader. And I think because of that was, um, as a girl especially, you're expected to be that. And then when you are that, it's very hard to let go of that. It's very hard to let anyone see anything different than that. And I thought I was thriving in it, but I didn't. And it wasn't until motherhood that I realized like, hey, this is actually, I think, causing more harm than it's causing good, you know? So maybe it was becoming a mother and maybe it was having a business that was growing. Maybe it's just the closer and closer I was getting to 30, the fewer fucks I gave. I really don't give a fuck anymore. Like you do you. And there's this life philosophy. I don't remember what what it came from, but this is kind of the phrase that my husband and I use for, it's like live and let live. But I don't know where this one got stuck in our head instead, but it's what you stick it in your ass is your own business. And I think that that's the whole thing of like some of our friends came out with some really kinky stuff that they're into. And, you know, like we don't have vanilla sex lives and we've got friends who are gay and and friends who are queer and all that. And it just became this thing of like, I don't care if you're getting vaccinated or not. I don't care if you're gay or not. I don't care if you're like into this particular kink or not. Like what you stick in your ass is your own business. And it's this very, (laughs) it's, it sounds weird to say out loud. And it's, if you say it, take it too literally, people would be a little bit confronted by, but it's really just like you do you, right? I'm going to do me and what you do doesn't affect me. What I do doesn't affect you. I'm not going to project my morals and expectations onto someone else just like they're not going to do it to me, right? I've really reached this point in my life where I don't care. <laughs> I care so much, but I don't care. Like you, whatever you want to stick in your ass is your own business. So I'm finally feeling more me and I'm not carrying around the world on my shoulders. Like I have to play by the rules and I have to obviously play by the rules. And if someone else isn't playing by the rules, I have to show my displeasure in that to somehow try and correct them. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. All it does is leave you isolated and alone. I'm really frustrated. I'm not carrying the world on my shoulders anymore. And I'm not having the pride that I used to have for being so responsible. And it's, I'm no longer glorifying the struggle or feel hashtag more worthy or sacrificing myself the most means that I'm some better human because it's not that way, right? But all women, especially 
a driven, ambitious, big picture women like me, we tend to pride ourselves and we tend to derive some fucked up sense of self-worth from having it all under control. It's this kind of like hyper independence, but it doesn't actually serve us. It doesn't make us happy. It's from this twisted sense of self-worth from having it all under control, from being able to fix all the problems and never asking for help along the way or grumbling about wanting help and then not accepting it when people try to give it to us. Right. But the truth is, we have a lot of support actually waiting for us to let it in. This is a big shift I had with my husband probably about six years ago. I read a book. It's called The Queen's Code by Alison Armstrong. It totally changed my life, the way I understood men, the way I understood what my husband needs out of our relationship, and the way I understood my own femininity and my own masculinity. So it was really interesting to see how much my husband was actually wanting to support me and I wasn't letting him <laughs> right we have a lot of support waiting for us and it's in all forms whether people say it as angels guides friends family teams employees whatever it is they all want to help us there's nothing in a human being that says no I don't want to help anyone it's intrinsically a part of us and they all want to be let in but sometimes we're scared to let the world on our shoulders go. We don't want to set it down and let someone else maybe help carry it because it's kind of this twisted thing where it's like, if we did that, who would I be without the baggage? Who would I be without the struggle? Who would I be without the busy? Who would I be without the hyper-independence or that superhero mum label? right? It can be really scary to think about, oh my God, who am I without all the drama? Vulnerability is an incredibly strong sign of strength. And to be honest, in terms of manifestation, the universe loves it and it rewards that because it invites the universe into co-create things with us. It allows for miracles. When we're in this hyper-independent, I can do it all, just watch me. Um, fuck you guys, I can handle it energy. It's, we, we're really stuck in this masculine action taking how push, 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 go hustle energy. And we don't manifest well from that place. We can push and we can force something to happen out of sheer will, but it often doesn't last for us because it's happened from such an extreme sense. It's okay to open up. It's okay to surrender and hand over some of the baggage to someone else. I think having my cesarean section actually opened up a lot for me. I was out for two weeks at least. I could barely move. Um, the medication that they gave me or whatever it was from the spinal tap left me incredibly dizzy. So anytime I have anesthetic, I'm wiped out for at least a month in terms of vertigo, dizziness and nausea. So even though physically I was recovering about week three or four, mentally I did not feel great for like a month or so but to actually like sleep let someone else bring the baby in feed the baby someone else is changing the baby's nappies someone else is taking care of the other kids I had all this support around me I actually went on holiday like five days after no yeah five days after Hudson was born we went over to holiday our holiday house and stayed with my sister and brother-in-law and my parents and we were all there under one roof and it was just this crazy wild family experience but I felt so supported it was the first time I think I'd let myself be supported and then I had surgery again after it's ironic that it took surgery like major surgery (laughs) twice for me to gain hey there might be something to this vulnerability thing but it did it took major surgery twice I ended up going for a less less 
laparoscopic oh fuck I can't say it the thing you have the surgery you have when you have PCOS and endometriosis I went in for that I thought it was just this easy quick bam wham bam thank you ma'am it'll be fine I'll be feeling great the next day no 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 when I came out of theater the woman's like oh how you doing love I'm like oh good just can't wait to get home she's like you know you've had one of the top five most painful surgeries to have and I was like bitch please what I was out for a lot longer than I expected. Number one, I was high as fuck on pain drugs for a couple of weeks, but I slept during the day. I rested. I didn't care if the washing wasn't folded. I allowed my husband to support me and let me rest and take care of me and bring me lunch. And it wasn't this like, oh, I'm being waited on hand and foot, but I let someone in for once. Cause I didn't do that with the first baby. I didn't do it with the second baby because I was stubborn and hyper independent and I can do it and worried that if I didn't do it, it would mean something about me or I would have dropped the bowls. Guess what guys, there's nothing wrong with dropping a few bowls, right? It's not a bad thing. We need to shift our attitude around that. So it, it took major surgery twice for me to realize vulnerability is a superpower. It's okay to let someone in. It's okay to feel supported. It's okay to um, let that softer side of me out. It's okay to delete things out of my life. It's okay to delegate things. It's okay to say my priorities are different than your priorities. And that is okay. Just because it's important to you to cook organic homegrown food every single day of the week. It's not for me. I fucking hate cooking. It's not important to me. Right? So it's okay to look different from your next door neighbors and your best friends. Okay. Anyway, let's get back to talking about responsibility and vulnerability. Here are some of the ways <clears throat> I have allowed myself to be supported and receive help. These might be relevant to you. They might not, but these are just a couple of things. Okay. I outsourced my, outsource my Facebook ads and online strategies to someone who has the time and the passion for it. Here's the thing. Time is a currency as much as money is. I looked at the time it would spend for me to learn Facebook ads in depth and keep up to date with things. And ultimately it was way financially better off for me to outsource it to someone else who had the time and the passion to handle it. So that was a big step for me outsourcing my Facebook ads. Um, I've been a lot more vulnerable with my husband, a lot more vulnerable, allowed him to actually support me in things. I've asked for help a lot more and surprisingly it hasn't bothered him. He's actually excited and likes helping me. I've asked for help when I've needed it. I've told him exactly what I have needed, exactly what I've needed. Uh, I think I texted him before. I'm like, when you get home, I'm going to need cuddles for a little bit. And then I need to just like go and read a book in my bedroom for half an hour. And then I'm going to need like really rough sex tonight. And he's like, sweet, I can do that. Because he knows how he's like ticking off things to make me feel better to things he can help in. And he wins that and he feels like he's winning because he can help. He can solve, he can fix the problem. And in a man's brain, that's all very exciting for them, right? So being more vulnerable, telling him what I need physically, emotionally, etc., has allowed myself to not be okay all of the time, to have a bad day. And I feel like the more that I open up and allow myself to do that, the more he can too. And so the more he can be a little bit more vulnerable with me and he doesn't have to be the rock all the time. We can ebb and flow and be that for each other, which is really, really brilliant. I've embraced the give a man a fish or feed him for a day, teach a man to fish, feed him for life ideology. I was actually talking about this with one of our guest speakers in the elite this morning. We did a recorded session all about time as a currency and decluttering your life 
not so much your physical beings, but your, your calendar and your things you're not enjoying doing and all that type of stuff. And yeah, we were talking about the fact that with our kids, we're not raising children. We are raising creative, wonderful, expressioning beings, but we're also trying to raise fully functioning adults. That's the, the end game is to educate them on things that are going to make them a good adult. So things like housework and chores in from the aspect and intention of we're a family in this house. There is five of us. We all make mess. We all eat food. We all wear clothes. So we all help to do those chores. That's a really important shift for us. And that's kind of the, the approach I take with my kids. So when my kids come and ask me a question, I, if I know it, I answer it. But if I don't know it, I tell them to go Google it. I tell them to go and check a book. I tell them to ask their teacher or ask their PE teacher, someone who might specifically be able to help them. If it's something that my dad might know, they call their, they, um, call their grandpa. Like I want to teach them how to answer their own questions. I want to teach them how to make decisions. I want to teach them critical thinking, not so much do it all for them. Right. And this is a way that I've been able to soften myself as a mother a little bit because I don't feel like I have to be on it all the time. Like I have to know everything all the time. I've grown my sexy selfish team. So working with my amazing assistant Katrina and releasing a little bit of creative control. I also hired a social media manager and an ad team. So the sexy selfish team is actually really big. It's cool to actually tick those dreams off my goal board. The fact that sexy selfish is actually also really well automated. So it's actually not my main income stream right now. My design work is, but sexy selfish is still my passion, but it's really cool that I can just check in, run the courses, create programs, do the exciting stuff and have a team supporting me in the back end of that to do all that. It's really, really cool. I booked the kids into daycare when I need it and when they need it to. So Hudson goes into daycare two days a week at the moment. I'm following my coach Danielle's rule of two years old, two days a week, three years old, two days a week and things like that. Although he may end up going for an extra day. He loves daycare. He loves it so much. He gets all his social time. He gets to do all the messy crafting stuff. He gets to try new food because I'm going to be super honest. I don't like doing that shit. I'm not a bad glitter glue and I don't want to do messy kinetic sand play. I'm not a bad, I was with my first kid. I got all that like creative and like Pinterest mum stuff out of my system with my first kid. By the third, like, I love you Hudson. I love you so much, but I'm, I'm not down for that anymore. <laughs> so he doesn't get to do it all at daycare. I think also having a baby through all the COVID stuff, all the playgroups are cancelled. All the swimming lessons are on hold. You could pay for a term of dance class and you'd only get to use two sessions because everything would be locked down and shut down and it just got too hard. <coughs> Sorry. So to go and do all those social activities with him, with my work schedule, it just wasn't happening. So now he gets to do that at daycare. He's really great friends at daycare. He fucking loves it. And I don't feel one cent of second of guilt about that whatsoever. Um, even the old kids putting them into Osh in the school holidays, they don't super love it. But once again, social skills, they go to a really small school. My kids go to a school where there's like 120 kids. The high school that they'll go to will have about a thousand kids or more. So it is really important to me to get them exposed out in other areas in the community. So Holly gets that through her gymnastics. Eric gets it through basketball um, and then through Osh as well. So they get to go to these school holiday Osh Things. They get to go and do activities like go to the movies. They get to meet other kids and meet new friends. And my hope is that 
if I introduce them through that enough, even though they are small country kids, um, when they go to bigger schools, when they go, if they want to go to university or do things like I did and go into the city for different study camps and band camps and stuff, they're going to feel confident making new friends. So daycare benefits all of us in so many more ways than just time. Another way I've also embraced a bit of vulnerability is going to therapy. I've been in eating disorder treatment for a couple of years now, since 2018, on and off with frequency. Um, so sometimes I would go weekly, sometimes I go fortnightly, sometimes I check in once a month, sometimes I check in once a quarter, but my therapist is on speed dial. So I've been going to therapy to unpack and unload 20 years of anxiety and eating disorder. So there is no way that I'm carrying that baggage around for another 20 years. So therapy is really important to me. So those are some of the things that help me. But remember this, no one wins the award at the end of the line for doing it all themselves, for struggling the most, for sacrificing everything, for being so miserable so your kids could be happy. No one wins the award at the end. It is okay to not be okay. It is okay to prioritize some things more than others, even if those some things might go against the grain. It is okay to ask for help. It is okay to be helped. It is okay to say, I need this. It is okay to clock off. My kitchen shuts at eight. No one else makes anything to eat. Everything's clean. That's it. At 8.30, I clock off. It's mommy and daddy time. You guys, if you're not sleepy, that's fine. I'm not going to force you to go to sleep, but we are clocked off. We are done. So you go and read or color in or play in your room quietly until you want to go to sleep. But this is it. 8.30 is done for us. It is okay to rest, even if you feel like you haven't earned it. Rest does not need to be earned. You don't need my permission. Like You really don't. And yet some of us, myself included, was still holding our breath. You're waiting for it, waiting for that permission. So I'm going to give it to you, if only to release you from your own self-imposed independence. It is time to let yourself be vulnerable. Embrace your softness, all the parts of you, and be okay with not doing it all. You are a wonderful, imperfect, perfect human being. Thanks for tuning in today's podcast, guys. I just want to take a second as well to remind you that my second book, Hello Abundance, is coming out really soon. Make sure you head on to the website in the shop section, scroll right down to the bottom, and you can get on the wait list for the book, which means you'll be first to know about the book launch dates, pre-sales, and the book launch party as well. So make sure you go and find out information about that as well as the audio book for Goodbye Money Guilt has officially been released, which you can get by the website too. So if you haven't got my book yet, or if you're not down for reading a paper copy of a book or an ebook, but you'd love to listen to something on your morning walks, go and grab my audio book. It's only $8.88 Australian and you can download and start listening instantly. That's all on the website, www.sexyselfish.com dot com dot com oh my god dot com fuck's sake shona i right, love you guys bye
if you loved this episode, please subscribe and leave me a little love note by tagging me at sexy underscore selfish. To check out more of the Sexy Selfish podcast or to grab some of my little goodies, head on over to the freebie hub at www.sexyselfish.com. It's totally free and it's jam-packed with hours and hours of content for you. Thank you so much for being here with me today on the Sexy Selfish show and showing up today to become the best version of you. I'm sure you got so much out of today's episode and I know that I really did as well. If there is someone in your life who would really benefit from hearing this episode and some of the things we shared about, please share it with them right now. It's as easy as just sharing the link and you could literally change someone's life. Remember, it is time to stop delaying your happiness.